0: Hey there, folks, it's Brian Nichols here. And before we get started, Wanted to let you know that today's episode is a little bit different of an episode, not in terms of the awesome guests we had here on the show, but rather the length of today's episode. Because normally, as you likely well know, our episodes run around 20 or so minutes, but not today. Today, we are over 30, I think over 35 minutes. I could be wrong, but that is because today's episode also includes our behind the scenes paywall content over on our Patreon, which you can find usually at $1.99 a month. I wanted to give you guys, uh, regular subscribers here of the show, a little sneak peek, a little taste of what we are doing behind the paywall, some of the questions that we're asking our guests, but also some of the fantastic conversation pieces that we continue with after the main show has ended. So with that being said, if you enjoy today's episode in its entirety, well, then you're going to love our Patreon. So head over there, briannicholshow.com forward slash support. Sign up on the Patreon, $1.99 a month for your audience insider exclusive access. Or if you're loving the show and you want to go ahead and become a $5 a month subscriber as a super fan, Well, I encourage that as well. But enough from me On to the show, Andrew Thorpe King here on The Brian Nichols Show. All right, folks, it's time to embrace the F word. No, not that F word, you weirdo. The one that we all try to avoid, failure. Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our BNC studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Folks, the recession is right around the corner. You're probably feeling it. I know a lot of folks I'm talking to are already feeling it, so do not let the outdated sales and marketing strategies that you're currently focusing on for your business Keep you behind your competitors. Learn more by checking out my website, BrianNicholsConsulting.com. Or if you want to go ahead and set up a one-on-one with yours truly, truly email me, Brian at Brian Nichols Show. I'm sorry, Brian at Brian Nichols Consulting. There we go, .com. Folks, thank you for joining us. And yes, uh, we, we touched on this in the intro here. The F word, the one that we are always running away from, that is failure. I, I talk about this many a time on the show. It's important for us to be the best version of ourselves. And with that, we want to make sure we focus on how can we be the best version of ourselves. Joining us today, talking about how we need to embrace failure in his brand new book, Failure Rules. Andrew Thorpe King, welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Brian, thanks for having me.
1: Sorry about our uh, di- technical difficulties earlier. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Excited to be here.
0: Absolutely, Andrew. Thank you for joining us. And hey, no worries. Technical difficulties are a name of the game here in the uh, the 2020 post-COVID world. I work in technology and this is the the huge. Hey, can you hear me now? Oh, oh you're, you're on mute still. Trust me. No worries. It happens all the time. But we're very appreciative that you're able to join us today and we are able to get things figured out. Because, Andrew, you're bringing a lot of important conversation topics to the audience today. And that is not the idea of running away from our failures, but rather embracing our failures. So we want to hit on that. Before we do that, please do us a favor: introduce yourself to the Brian Nickel Show audience.
1: Sure. So my name is Andrew Thorpe King. I'm the author here of Failure Rules: The Five Rules of Failure for Entrepreneurs, Creatives, and Authentics. Uh, Background in a variety of different spaces, mostly a dual career in banking and finance, and different uh, manifestations, as well as the music industry. Also owned a gym. Also wrote a spy novel. Also. uh, done bodybuilding competitions, so things like that, uh, kind of wide uh, array of background, cigar lover, punk rocker, lots of things.
0: So that's, a, a, yeah, a lot of stuff there. And I guess it kind of goes all hand in hand with your overall theme that you're, you're focusing on here, and that is embracing failure to help you become a better person, trying new things, being open to the idea that failure might be an option. And hey, mistakes are proof that you're learning. So Talk to us about what led you down this path of embracing failure and going to the point you wrote a book about it.
1: That's right. Yeah. So through my twenties and my thirties, I was doing a lot of what I would call off-road entrepreneurial adventuring, right? (laughs) Trying many different things in many different spaces, learning what worked and what didn't. And I learned a lot about what didn't work. And I learned a lot about how to handle things when they didn't work and how to handle sometimes even near catastrophic failures that might ruin other people. Uh, and so I think of like Nassim Taleb's concept of anti-fragile, where when, uh, you know, you're, you're when you're confronted by harm, you don't just get up and restore, but you actually, uh, you know, grow from harm and get stronger. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was taking a beach walk one day thinking of the Winston Churchill quote uh, that uh, failure is going uh, or success is going from failure to failure with that loss of enthusiasm. Uh, and I be, began, to, I was convicted to write a, um, a book about the value of failure and kind of excavate all these different experiences I had and layer in kind of inspirational input from virtual mentors that helped inform my life and helped me in certain failure moments, including a lot of uh, the music I listened to, uh, hardcore metal and punk rock, uh, because you know I own two hardcore metal and punk rock label, uh, record labels. So um, I just started writing the book. And as I ra- wrote the book um, from draft to draft through iterations from year to year, it became apparent that there were these overarching kind of rules mm. that really coagulated the stories together. Uh, and uh, that's how I came up with the five rules of failure. So um, that's kind of the background.
0: So let's kick things off with the, I guess, understanding that we need to embrace failure, right? And and we here at the Brian Nichols Show, while we do talk about the world of politics, we also talk a lot about sales and marketing and specifically how can we take what we know works in the private sector and bring it to the world of politics to help meet people where they're at on those issues they care about but with that understanding not just what works but what didn't work recognizing where we can learn from the failures so we don't repeat them in the future so I guess when you're going through and you're, you're mapping out some consistent, I guess, issues that you see with folks when we're addressing the term failure, you mentioned that there are specific rules here. You want to kind of walk through some of those main rules and, and where you kind of came to it to find them as being the underlying, I guess, principles of embracing failure?
1: Yes, yeah, So failure rule number one is failure purifies. So it's this idea that the phoenix must burn to emerge, that when we have a failure event in our lives. Although it's very difficult, it's best to try to step out of your emotional participation in that event and step more into an objective observer role where you can look mm. at the event, see, see the, the chaos or the energy that uh, exists within that event, and see how it might actually be there to serve you and shape you into a better next version of yourself, whether that's professionally, personally, spiritually, emotionally, however that might be, and really take ownership of your own response to that event. You know, and it's the idea that, you know, oftentimes when we enc- encounter failure events, if we're really kind of leveraging it correctly or metabolizing it wisely, uh, we might realize that it actually was good for us in the sense that it burned off, you know, faulty ways of thinking, old thinking dies, new thinking kind of emerges. It could, uh, you know, uh, burn off, you know, bad habits. It could, it could open us up to a wider view of the world as we try to make our way forward in a different path. And so it's really, it's really that kind of idea that failure can actually be the great purifier.
0: Interesting. I I like that a lot because, I think you look too often, people, they try to run away from failure. They don't want to experience the pain that comes with failure. And I'll give you a real life example. So myself, I used to weigh 385 pounds. And the idea of me going to the gym and working out, it, it was terrifying to me because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I thought I was going to look like an idiot in there and, you know, I was going to hurt myself and I was going to get laughed at and I was going to fail. Right. But I kept going to the gym, even though I, everything in my body told me not to both mentally and physically. And then fast forward two years later, I looked back and I had lost 180 pounds of fat. And for me that I guess for, it was like the big spark I needed to your point of realizing you have to embrace the, the, the possibility of failure even if you don't necessarily fail, you you still at least are putting yourself in a position that you're in your, your uncomfortable zone, right? Getting out of that comfort zone where you, you just feel safe and secure and being willing to, to, to face failure head on, but also to test things that you thought were true. So maybe if you could articulate a little bit more about what you know, examples you've seen in your personal life where you've had maybe some preconceived notions or something in that world where you tested it and you were in fact met with failure and how that helped you on your path moving forward.
1: Yeah, so I mean, what you touch on there with the, with the working out example, the weightlifting example is perfect, right? Because again, it's this idea that we're constantly gonna need to go through sometimes intentional cycles of death and renewal uh, in our lives uh, in order to grow, to grow. Like that really is, is the pathway to growth. Uh, you're not looking for failure failure is not this is not like failure porn this is not like you know a willful indulgence in failure and just do whatever you want and it doesn't matter just be reckless i mean obviously you want a plan you want a plan to succeed but you have to be prepared to iterate because like mike tyson said you know plans great to your punch in the mouth um so you still want to go forward and it's the idea that if you're doing difficult things on a regular basis uh you know you're you're likely going to encounter more failures along the way they're going to travel together Um, So I think of one uh, time in my life where I had just um, gone through a business divorce and had split from a partnership in an online lending company I was involved in. Uh, I had also just gone through a marital divorce. And so all of a sudden I found myself, you know, uh, a a longtime entrepreneur, self-employed and longtime married. All of a sudden I was. Uh, not He didn't have the, my primary income come from, uh, you know, a, a source of self-employment and I was no longer married. And I found myself living in a hotel room, uh, no office to go to by day, no family to go home to at night. And so in that empty failure space, right, I viewed it more as a, uh, you know, a, the, the chaos was more of an opportunity. I used that energy to reshape my future. And in that space, instead of wallowing in discomfort, instead of wallowing in, you know, uh, you know, anxiety, I used that space and I filled it with a number of different pursuits in parallel uh, and really invoked this kind of divinity of purpose within. And so mm-hmm. I was able to take my uh, skills from the online lending world, become a consultant. I quickly got a client that uh, evolved into a proper partnership in, uh, in a lead generation company that became lucrative. I also repurposed my resume, ended up getting, getting a formal job uh, in, in the online or the commercial banking space in, in the FinTech world, I still work that job today as an executive nine years in. I also finished my first spy novel, uh, rejuvenated my record labels and put out a number of record releases. And I began writing failure roles. So within that empty space, all kinds of new threads were born. So mm-hmm. this new me came out that was wider, more diverse and more more, more disparate and, and more interesting. And life really opened up. And that was a choice. And that was a particular kind of mindset in that failure space. So it, it, it's, it's really this idea that. Failure, uh, many failures, although some of them often are, are, are tragic, could be damaging, could, 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 could wield, uh, you know, all kinds of problems in your life. You know, there is a way to look at those circumstances and scenarios and find something great in them and um, apply yourself to them in such a way that you come out stronger uh, and better and you really move forward into your calling journey.
0: Oh, for sure. I I really appreciate you kind of walking through your your personal experience and your personal story because I'm sure that there are lots of folks listening right now who they're putting themselves in your shoes because that's their shoes, right? They've experienced failure and you kind of come to this fork in the road, right? And it's deciding which way do you want to go? Do you want to go towards the path that seems the safest, which is maybe going back to what you're comfortable with or at this point, when you've hit failure, trying something new, embracing new things. So to those individuals, right, who are, are facing this fork in the road, what would be some guidance, some recommendations that you'd make to them based on your personal experience on your end?
1: Yeah, so that's good. That actually points to a couple of the other rules. So failure rule number five is um, uh, you are not your failures. And it's this mm-hmm. idea that in the failure event, you need to detach your uh, your, your identity from your failure events, mm-hmm. you know, to cut. Decu- you know, just detach from the optics, the negative optics of failure uh, and view yourself differently. Uh, and then it also, that also kind of tracks back to failure rule. Number two, some of what you're saying there, failure. rule Number two is nothing is safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this idea that because nothing is safe, you really want to have a portfolio of pursuits. You don't want to over identify with any particular pursuit, even though you still softly identify as you're creating an identity in the world that's evolving. It might be, you know, uh, widening as your interests grow, uh, but it's really kind of that remaining nimble, knowing that nothing is safe out there, which, you know, tracks back to somewhat of a small L libertarian ethos. And I go through many case studies in the book of, of those that kind of are of that elk, whether it's Lemmy Kilmister of Motorhead or uh, Norman <laughs> Collins, Sailor Jerry uh, from, uh, you know, Sailor Jerry, who, uh, you know, was the godfather of old school tattooing. And it's those kind of mindsets of people like that that I really look up to. I always found a way to keep doing something new no matter what hit them and found new expressive ways to put themselves out there in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk to us more about these rules, right? Because I know you, you mentioned as you're kind of going through and you're you're kind of self-analyzing yourself and you're realizing that there are specific rules that you're uncovering. Talk to us more about the rules themselves. You know, They're not necessarily hard and fast rules, but rules that you have more so embraced to avoid, I guess, the, uh, not avoid, but more so embrace the ideas of failure and and not to be afraid of them. So more of the context there, if you would. Yeah. So you're right. It's not to avoid failure, certainly not to
1: intentionally collide with it, but to recognize it's going to happen, particularly if you're doing difficult things or unorthodox things, right? right? And so failure rule number one was failure purifies. Failure rule number two uh, is nothing is safe. And again, it's this idea that, um, you know, many of the people in the world who kind of seek safety, cling to safety, uh, kind of go for that anesthetized life are often not really living out their full uh, purpose, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think oftentimes they're kind of muzzling something inside that they're afraid to really evoke in the world because of the risk. You know, and I think that uh, oftentimes those who take the safe path and ignore that internal spirit voice that might be calling to something more difficult, higher. Uh, more bold, that oftentimes they're going to, you know, end up kind of succumbing to an existence that is much like the Henry David Thoreau quote of, you know, living lives of quiet desperation, Uh, and they'll manifest some sort of dysfunction, some sort of sickness, mentally, spiritually, even physically, uh, because of that emotionally, right? And so it could be someone with all the externals in line, but internally, they're dead inside. You know, it could be somebody who has that nice job, but they feel like they're a slave to it. They're trapped to it. Uh, They might have a a nice family, or a nice house, but everything seems to be controlling them. And they seem to just kind of be an automaton within that structure. Right. And they might be muzzling something inside them that might be calling them a greatness in a specific area, but they're not even really willing to look at it or go after it because of the risks of of failure.
0: What are some of the biggest, um, I guess the biggest areas where folks, and maybe you can speak to yourself as well. Start to feel that that sense of rejection, that sense of failure creeping in. Is it societal pressure? Is it financials, or is it something you know in between?
1: Could be societal. That's big for a lot of people. I think the two biggest ones that I think I felt I personally felt peripherally, but always um, you know overcame and didn't allow to come into my decision-making matrices was uh, familial or perceived familial. Mm. Um, you know. Um, you know, opinions uh, and, and as well as financial because financial is hard and real. Like, yep. you know, if, if you don't have money, you really are going to have real, real problems. Yep. And I've been in those positions, right? I've made it all, lost it all, made it all, lost it all, uh, traversed through wild fluctuations within my personal economic journey. You know, really, really high euphoric highs and really, really low, almost near catastrophic lows. And, and that se- that kind of bipolarism of economics is very difficult to traverse through for a lot of people. They would rather have just a steady path. Right. Um, but I find that even with that bipolarism of, of, of an economic life based on uh, the volatility of chasing after difficult and interesting things, for me, that puts me in the spaces of highest meaning. And I really felt like at all times I was aligned with my calling journey and doing what I could do to, to most um, succinctly maximize my own personal talent set stack and put it out into the world.
0: When you talk about family, I think that one hits very home for a lot of folks listening to the show because, you know, when, when you talk about family, there is that sense of your, your, your vogue, right? Your tribe, your, your people, and yep. just going back to our, our ancestral genetic approach to life, we, we don't want to disrupt that environment, that family vibe because they are at you know the end of the day the people we are hoping will embrace us when the proverbial crap hits the fan but to your point family in some cases are some of the, the the biggest barriers that are actually holding us back because of that i guess that self-imposed feeling of safety and security and really not realizing it might not be true safety and security at all
1: that's right that's right because what is safe if the if at the end of the day uh, you have this suffocating feeling about your existence uh, and oftentimes still, still tethered to structures that while temporarily might make you feel safe still, that they're not bound to you. You don't control them. They control you. Uh, and so you have to realize that nothing is safe, even those things that appear to be safe. Um, you know, and you know, what you're talking about, it kind of tracks back to a quote that I leverage in the book a lot, you know, aligned to you know, the, the failure rule number five of you are not your failures, which is Leo Tolstoy, uh, when he said, you know, the best solution often uh, is to ignore the opinion, to be kind and ignore the opinions of others. So it's that it's that idea: like smile, be kind, listen to you know the perceptions of others. You know, let them have their perceptions, but you got to follow follow your own internal spirit voice and act on that. And what you know is, to, is is the best path for you to to maximize your impact in the world, right? And your highest highest uh, calling. Um, so that is really a tough one, and I think for a lot of a lot of people, family, really oftentimes, you know, they're more concerned about your safety. They're more concerned about you not failing and not getting hurt, not going through difficult times because yep. they want to protect you. And I think that instinct really, you know, while natural um, and, and, and in, in a very measured sense can sometimes be okay, a lot of the times it's hindering uh, and it can really be something that, that cripples people from really maximizing the potential.
0: What would you say to those family members out there who are listening and they go, well, yeah, I want to protect my family to help them feel maybe more comfortable with the idea of letting their family members experience failure, failure for the sake of growing? Yeah,
1: I think that right. I mean, I think that would be a challenge for a lot of people. And I think it, it takes, I think, some intentional study of uh, of those who really live kind of intentionally unsaved lives for higher purposes to get a sense of what that means and why somebody you love might be attracted to that type of path. uh, And that maybe could give a family member some understanding Mm -hmm. uh, of, of unorthodox paths that somebody they love might be pursuing.
0: Yeah. um, Well, hey, I know we're getting towards the the end of the the main episode here before we go behind the paywall for the Patreon, which I'm going to be asking a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but some more detailed uh, conversation topics as it pertains to failure in the world of politics. But before we get there, I wanted to wrap this episode uh, up with your take in terms of what do you think, if you're looking at the rules, are the most important rules, if you had to rank them, that you've uh, outlined in terms of, living a more successful life while also embracing the ideal failure?
1: I think it's failure rule number five. You are not your failures for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the one that caps out the the suite of failure rules. uh, And it's the one that's most important because how we think about ourselves, uh, you know, as we approach failures or or, are climbing out of them or, or, uh, you know, potentially might be planning a path that might run into them is the most important. So it's that mindset of like failure in this event, I'm detached from it. Uh, I'm going to chase after my path and find a way to metabolize and leverage values if they happen. And it's not who I am. It's just something that I experience and something that I have to overcome.
0: All right, Andrew. So with that, we're going to go towards our final thoughts here for the main part of the episode. I'll kick things off if you're cool with that. And that is, I'll say, you know, from my end, I have failed more times than I can count in my life. And Andrew, you hit the nail on the head. It's how you, learn and adapt to those failures and and I think for me I think rule number one is very important the the idea of it purifying uh, because it helps you realize not just what works but frankly what doesn't work and uh, with that I I want to actually as we go towards the uh, the Patreon part of the episode focus on some of that from a political standpoint so folks if you want to hear Andrew's answers in terms of how he applies the rules of failure to some of our political questions we'll make sure you head over to our Patreon $1.99 a month gets you in as an audience insider to catch the rest of our conversation here so that's my final thoughts andrew as we wrap up the main episode what are your final thoughts for today
1: yeah i would just i would just echo that just remember that failure is a purifier if you view it correctly uh detach your 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 uh, identity from your failure events and find a way to reshape the chaos in your life to make you a wider more interesting better evolving self
0: Love it. All right. The book is Failure Rules. Where can folks go ahead and grab their copy today, Andrew? Available anywhere books are sold online,
1: including an audio book. You can find me at andrewthorpeking.com, knowing on the end of Thorpe. From there, you can connect to me on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, You get a free Failure Rules mini course. There's a Failure Rules soundtrack on Spotify uh, and Apple Music, all kinds of great stuff.
0: Fantastic, folks. We will include that link, well, all those links in the show notes, plus the link to the book, Failure Rules, which again can be found over on Amazon. And yes, I know this is the third time I'm bringing it up, but we are going to continue our conversation over on Patreon. So if you want to go ahead and catch the next part of the episode, well, please head over to Show.com forward slash support. Become a supporting listener, ninety-nine a month, and it lets you hear more detailed conversations with amazing guests like Andrew here. So with that being said, you can follow me on social media at B Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, minds.com. And also you want to go ahead and catch this episode before anybody else. Sovereign.com. It's a sovereign exclusive airs a day before anywhere else. The podcast version, the YouTube version rumble, wherever it is else. You're going to catch it early over on sovereign. So head over there to get your sovereign exclusive. But with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nichols show for Andrew, thorpe oh my gosh my brain just broke andrew thorpe king i was at like johnson i had adam johnson on my show last time andrew thorpe king we'll see you later thank you all right and let's kick off the patreon sorry about that andrew my brain broke i by the way i'm a dad of uh three weeks right now so uh sleep, wow whoo sleep is yeah. hard to find i'm i'm hauling right now so thank you for sticking with me on uh the episode today sure no problem at all, no
1: problem so at all. I, I, got, I got three kids myself i remember those years
0: you get it. Okay, perfect. So I, I, I feel better than that. That's my failure is my brain breaking. Um, well, here, let's go ahead to the Patreon side of the episode. And yeah, I'll leave this in so folks can see that I fail as well as a host. Um, so <laughs> with that, um, I wanted to talk some about pol- uh, the politics side of failure, right? Because we in the greater small L libertarian movement, were very, I guess, used to and frequented by the ideas of failure. So based on Learning about failure today on um, the main episode, what would be some recommendations you would make to libertarians out there in terms of actually learning from our failures to have more political sex, uh, success in the future?
1: Learning from our failures to have more political success in the future. Okay, so I think there's been obviously, like, you know, as politics has evolved, particularly over the last 10 years, I think it's become really, really interesting that nuance has played more of a part. And kind of splintering various factions within the entire political spectrum, right? And and I think that's a, a big part of the libertarian big tent as well, right? And so I think I think one of our biggest failures is to think too narrowly uh, about what it means to be any sort of political stripe, into libertarian in general. So I, I think I think libertarians do this better than any other, uh, just based based on the fundamentals of the philosophy. But I think it's always kind of keeping that open mind, uh, of, uh, you know, someone might still be aligned with your most core values and principles, uh, you know, even if they have different opinions on certain policies or different opinions on how a small L libertarian philosophy translates into a big L libertarian policy mm. and those type of things. So I think it's really kind of learning from, I think what has been, uh, you know, the, the, the failure of the Republican party and, and, uh, you know, one of the the, the real issues, obviously, of, of the Democrat Party, which is a lot of the rigidity in that platform. Yeah. Whereas Libertarian really is supposed to decouple yourself as much as possible functionally uh, from governmental downpress, uh, so that you can have more freedom uh, within within society to you know make your own choices and to fail and to be responsible for those failures and figure mm-hmm. out how to get up from them uh, on your own or with the private help of others. You know. Right. And I, so I, I would say that would be how I respond to that.
0: Well, and I would say that kind of adds to maybe why, while the libertarian uh, the libertarian sentiment and our principles they make sense from our, not just like a, a, a you know living our lives perspective, but it also makes sense in terms of why maybe we we haven't seen the success politically, and that is you look at the what we were talking about earlier, the idea that folks want to have that sense of safety and security, right? And I mean government if anything, it is looked to as this big arbiter of creating a safe and a fair environment, eliminating the, the opportunities of failure. And it almost becomes this utopian vision for, for how we can build our societies versus to the point that you were making earlier in the episode. But just now, We have to embrace the the opportunity to fail because that's how you can learn what works and what doesn't work. When you're just trying to force feed one size fits all solutions based on the idea that, well, this is going to keep us safe and secure. Yeah, it might have unintended consequences by inspiring people to continue to do acts that fail and not actually let them fail.
1: Yeah, and to to that point, I would expand and say, you know, it's also, you know, this idea of, you know, the big government kind of uh, ethos or, or movements or forces, you know, it's like they have this idea of almost this dehumanizing expectation of sameness mm-hmm. of people where they, they think of us all as kind of these bricks, right? right. As opposed to the reality is that we are all created very, very unique. We're more like stones, not like bricks. Bricks is more like this socialism mindset where we're really individuals. We're like stones. We have our own different special bright spots and scratches and pockmarks and shapes and everything else. And you have to allow that to flourish with freedom without the intervention or the, the kind of overbearing uh, you know, rigidity that, um, you know, that, that government continues with their, 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 their scope creep to try to impose on us. And that's happening now mm-hmm. on a global scale, too, more than just national. Um, and so, you know, for me, uh, taking it back to the small L libertarianism, which to me tracks back to the punk rock ethos of DIY, to the do-it-yourself ethos of entrepreneurialism, to the, 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 the supernatural reliance on some sort, some sort of faith beyond this world, beyond the governments of this world. All those things track together to me to, to really kind of solidify this libertarian approach to, to living life and living it as a unique individual, uh, molding your character through you know, trying many different things and failing at different things and, and getting up and getting stronger. And um, yeah, I think that's a big part of what would be a, you know, libertarian mindset uh, as you walk through the world.
0: So we libertarians, right? We, and if you're in the Brian Nichols show, by the way, we focus on what sales and marketing and how do we bring these ideas to your average person? So I'm going to challenge you, Andrew, what would you say would be a good way for libertarians to actually effectively sell the opportunity for failure to maybe your red team and blue team folks out there who, they're, they're terrified of the idea of failure. What, could, what would be a good maybe starting off point to build that, that common bridge?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, my whole book is littered with all kinds of diverse case studies of, of those who live very unique, uh, eventful lives where their ultimate success was defined by the backstory narrative of, of, of many failures that, that punctuated their, their, their path. I mean, I got everything, everybody here from legendary boxer Jack Johnson, to um, uh, ex-gang leader Elgin James, who um, happens to be the half brother of Jocko Willink, and ended up being uh, a screenwriter on uh, *Minds MC*, the spin-off to *Sons of Anarchy*. To Sarah, billionaire Sarah Blakely. Um, to um, you know, uh, Elon Musk. To uh, James Altucher, podcaster investor. So you know, looking at those stories and 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 seeing how failure really made these people very 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 unique. Uh, that would not have happened if it wasn't for them stepping out, taking risks, encountering failures, learning how to grapple with them and reorganize their lives, you know. So, hey, that's really it's go by failure rules. The five rules of failure for entrepreneurs, creatives, and authentics, And that's your blueprint right there. I mean, it's 480 pages worth of great stuff that will really uh, um, show you how to do that.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're getting to the uh, the tail end here of the Patreon. So, uh, with that, I wanted to maybe give you an opportunity here to, to talk about your your personal stories, right? And we went through that a little bit here on the main episode, but maybe one specific example of a failure in your life that just it hit you hard to really like taking this entire approach to embracing failure to the extreme and living out this idea and this life of being open to failure so you can learn how to actually embrace success.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, one of the biggest failures I went through was uh, when I was running my two record labels full time, um, you know, I got over leveraged. At the same time, the industry transitioned very quickly into digitization. Uh, Nobody really expected it to transition that clearly. Nobody really understood what all the consequences would have been in that transition. Uh, Large retail, retail chains were closing. Returns were coming back to me. Uh, and I had a few records that underperformed that I overinvested in, and I got to a really overleveraged point where I had to declare bankruptcy uh, on my on my personal credit uh, to to move forward. Ultimately, and I didn't know it at this time, the IP rights to the to the catalog would end up surviving and being valuable. You know, mm-hmm. up until now, right? Even and I ended up putting out records again in the future, revitalized record labels. But at the time, I was in the failure space, and so there I was. I was bankrupt. Uh, there was no unemployment for me. I still had some debt that wasn't discharged that I had to deal with, and I had to find a new career. I had uh, three young kids, and I was a single-income household, so there was little, literally nothing. I mean, I was hitting rock bottom, uh, and I ended up uh, doing financial planning for a few years, just building up a practice out of scratch. All of a sudden, I'm wearing a suit after being like this tattooed punk rock guy, you know. and I found a way to uh, you know, reinvent myself and network with uh, high worth individuals and start to kind of build my way into a new career. And I'm still in banking and finance today. And so it's that type of reinvention mentality. Um, it's sometimes, you know, near, near, near devastation that, uh, that you have to adapt or or adopt in, in those types of circumstances.
0: Yep. Man. I mean, dude, I was an alcoholic for a number of years. I, I still, you know, I, to this day, if I ever get near alcohol, I still kind of get that tingle until I sniff it. And I'm like, ugh, don't want that no more. Cause the hangovers suck. And it, the person I was, was not the person that I wanted to be. So, you know, yeah. to that, I, I hear you, like you need to sometimes hit the, the real proverbial, I don't know what you want to call it, but rock bottom, right? Truly yeah. embrace the suck, feel the suck, you know, and, and with that, learn from the suck. And you know, focus on doing the things that are going to make you a better version of yourself. And that's something that we're really trying to do here at the Brian Nichols show, you know, more recently with our good people network, bringing good people in and talking about what the good things they're doing to help better their communities, better their, their, you know, their states, whatever it may be, but by bringing good solutions to the table as well. And so just talking about problems and and being, you know, narcissistic Facebook posters about, well, here's a problem that really sucks and not really doing anything to remedy it. Now actually promoting people who are bringing good solutions to the table. So uh, no, I I firmly uh, embrace this idea that we need to not just acknowledge that failure is an option, but sometimes it's the best option and it helps us grow. So uh, with that, we are going to wrap things up here for the Patreon. Andrew, any final thoughts for the Patreon members as we uh, wrap things here on the episode today? Go check it out.
1: The Ah. purpose failure rules, the five rules of failure, entrepreneurs, creators and authentics. I love Uh, it. It'll help you to uh, embrace the F word and learn that after it sucks, failure rules.
0: Perfect, Andrew, thank you so much. Yes, Andrew Thorpe King, don't worry, Brian, your memory's gonna get there soon enough once you get some sleep there. Fingers crossed in a couple of uh, weeks, months, I don't know, we'll see a three week old baby to be determined. With that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode. And thank you for joining us on the special version of the episode here for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, if you uh, if you are getting some value, well, please go ahead, invite other folks to the Patreon, $1.99 a month to have awesome conversations like we had here with Andrew that leave you what? Educated, enlightened, and informed. That being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Andrew Thorpe King. We'll see you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show.